Hey, welcome to the River Tree Canal Fulton podcast. It is week two of our series, This Is Our Story. And this week, Christy Timmons is encouraging us to share our stories because our stories are tied into the story of Jesus, of what he's doing in our world and how his redemption has become our redemption and can become the redemption of our world. So enjoy the sermon. We'd love to continue to help connect you to the life and ministry of our church. If you want to reach out to us and let us know you're listening, uh, you can do that right at our website, www.rivertreecanalfulton.com. And uh, yeah, we would love to connect with you and help you figure out your next steps with Jesus. So enjoy this sermon. This is our story. Today's scripture is from Acts 26, 9-22. I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could oppose the very name of Jesus the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priests, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison, and I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times, I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. One day, I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me, and tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by me in faith. And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God, and prove that they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me, but God has protected me right up to this present time, so I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill this place and fill all of us. And remind us of all the goodness and transformation that you have done in our lives. Lord, we welcome you here. We want to be closer to you, Lord. So keep transforming us. Don't leave us where we are. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. 
can all be seated. For those of you that I have not met yet, I am Christy Timmons, the Kids Ministry Director here at Burger Tree Canal Fulton. Last week we started this series that we're calling This Is Our Story. Drew kicked us off with that series by diving deep last week into baptism and what it means and what it means for us as his followers. Um, and today I'm excited to continue that conversation. We're going to be talking specifically about our stories, which come directly from us being transformed by Christ and living in him now. Our story often begins with how we were one way, and then we enter the waters of baptism and we come out a completely different person, changed and transformed and living in Jesus. And from that moment, we experience transformation throughout our entire lives. God continues to meet us right where we are and change us going forward. So we're talking about our stories today because they matter and because all of our stories together matter. So I've found that when someone wants to know about my faith, they don't often start by asking me for evidence of Jesus' resurrection or for a list of prophecies that have been fulfilled or even the meaning of a specific scripture. Although those things are interesting and they matter, what matters more to those people is my story. They want to know where I was, what happened to me, and how I am where I am now. They want to know about the night that God met me in the deep brokenness where I was and led me to the waters of baptism the next day. And they want to know how he has provided for me in the most difficult times, and they want to know how I'm able to take bold steps into following him because of what I've seen him do over the last 10 years. They want to know my stories because they want to know Jesus, and they can see Jesus, real examples of him in my stories. So recently, um, at one of our discipleship meetings, um, the eight people who were there had an opportunity to share one of their stories with a partner. And after about 10 minutes of sharing, we were asked to tell of our partner's story what we could see of God in that story. And because of those statements, because of what was shared that night, we all heard and learned that God is strong when we are weak, that he is good, like better than anything we could ever imagine during a difficult time, that he is faithful beyond expectation, and that he provides for us even when we don't really know what we need ourselves. Because our partners shared real life experiences of where God was present in their lives, we had the opportunity to know understand true things about God. Stories are how we get to know each other. They're how we share our differences and our similarities. And hearing our account of what God has done in us could cause someone else to leave their brokenness behind and join him 
and make him Lord over everything. And I can confidently assume that every single person sitting here came to know Jesus because someone else told you about how they had seen God work in their lives. I bet you could even recall a story of someone telling you how they saw God work in their lives, whether it was a long time ago or recently. That story impacted your relationship with Jesus, and our stories can do the same for other people. We all have these stories about how God met us in a situation and changed either us or that situation. It's the work of Jesus in us that gives us a powerful story. It tells of how we were one way and now we're completely different because we died and we're living in him now forever. Our stories tell of how we experienced God transform us. It's proof of who he is and what he can do, but our stories are not our own. They're God's. They tell a much bigger story. They tell of the goodness and the truth that God is doing all around us right now. And our stories are examples of what scripture says is true. They are an account of him meeting us right where we are and transforming us. That's his power and what he's doing. So how do you think we're doing at telling our stories? I looked it up and according to LifeWay research, despite openness to religious conversations and relationships with Christians, few unchurched Americans have ever had someone tell them exactly how to become a Christian or why they should think about doing so. Only three in 10 unchurched Americans, and it's 29%, say a Christian has ever shared with them one-on-one -on -one how a person becomes a Christian. And that's just telling them your story. Only slightly more say a Christian has told them about the benefits of participating in a local church at 33% and the benefits of becoming a Christian at 35%. So these stats tell me a couple things. One, people want to know more about Jesus. And two, we are not telling them. These stats tell me that there are people out there in Canal Fulton that have never heard about the saving grace of Jesus. They just don't know what's available to them. It's clear that God wants us to tell our stories. The Bible is full of examples of people telling their stories. And it is full of scripture that tells us that God is asking us to tell our stories. Acts 1.8 says, And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I understand that there are many reasons why we avoid telling our stories. But my research actually found that there is some surprising things that happen when someone hears a story. There's uh, five things actually that happen to a person when we tell our stories. And these things create a perfect space for telling our stories. So number one, 
we gain their attention. There's actually a chemical called cortisol that is released in the brain that when we listen to a person's story, this chemical is responsible for focusing our attention on something. And number two, their empathy and compassion increases. When we hear a story, the chemical oxytocin is also released in our brain, and that chemical is directly associated with feelings of care, connection, and empathy. So they're right here with us, they're paying attention to us, and they're feeling what we felt when we experienced our story. Number three, behavior is changed. And this is so cool. The combined release of cortisol and oxytocin changes the chemistry in the brain, which in turn changes our behavior. We act differently because of the stories that we're listening to. They walk away from our story changed. Number four, relational trust and connection are built. Telling stories builds a bridge of trust between us, which leads us to number five, barriers and differences between us are removed. Although we may have different stories and different lives, we may even come from different cultures. Once we exchange our personal stories with each other, something happens. Our perspectives change and we are able to enter into each other's worlds and gain a better awareness, understanding, and appreciation. Those five things make me think that telling a story is the perfect setting to tell about what God has done in our lives. Also, telling a story doesn't require you to do anything other than just say who you are. It doesn't require a degree in theology or memorizing scripture. You don't have to be able to list the books of the Bible in order. You just have to share something that happened to you that was amazing and show someone who God is. So knowing the impact of our stories, knowing that Jesus sends us out to tell our stories, why aren't we telling them? think that there's several reasons, but one that came to mind is the fact that our stories are legit hard to overcome. A tragic story might cause us to relive a difficult moment. It might cause us to get emotional in front of someone else or go to a very vulnerable place, and we're not comfortable with either of those things. And we also avoid telling our stories because of what we might have to reveal about ourselves. We might be afraid of what someone might think about us after hearing how we were, or how broken we were, or what God had to do to bring us to where we are now. And I think the most common reason we aren't telling our stories is because although we all have a deep desire to be known, we also don't want to be known. I want people to know about my accomplishments. I want them to know how much I care about people. I want them to know about my family and how proud I am of them. And I want people to know that I'm a hard worker. But I don't want people to know the ugly stuff, like how I struggle with self-worth or how selfish and controlling I was in my younger days. I definitely don't want people to know that. 
although now all of you do. <laughs> the thing is that God is in all of that stuff. The stuff I want to talk about and the stuff I don't want to talk about. And the stuff I don't want to talk about is super powerful because it shows where God met me where I was and where he changed me and transformed me into something new. He uses all of my stories to reach others and to show others who he is. But he can't use my story if I'm not telling it. The Apostle Paul spent the entire rest of his life after his conversion telling his stories boldly and passionately. His desire for others to know who Jesus was was incredible. And the scripture I read earlier is actually of him telling his conversion story to King Agrippa. This is a king of Jerusalem. Paul had been arrested at the time, but they couldn't figure out what to charge him with. So they took him in front of King Agrippa, who wanted to hear his story. And I find it interesting that he addresses the same three things that people want to know about our faith. Where we were, what happened, and where we are now. So where was he? Paul, um, as we heard, was someone who was staunchly opposed to Jesus. He was a hunter for the priests who wanted to kill Jesus. They and Paul very much wanted to put an end to what Jesus was teaching and what he was doing. So Paul started his story with the fact that he used to believe that he should be doing everything in his power to stop people from following Jesus. Arresting them, condemning them to death, punishing them in synagogues. He admitted that he was so violently opposed to them that he would chase them down in other cities. Paul admits from a very, very vulnerable place his imperfection and his wrongdoing and the absolute worst about himself. I don't know many people overly willing to go to such a negative, vulnerable place about themselves. We just don't share the lowest moments of our lives with other people. I think, we think that God wouldn't want us to. Like we should focus on all the good things and just show people who he is that way. I think we also may desire to be seen as unbroken or perfect. And we usually share the good stuff, but we skip the stuff that, let's be honest, makes us human and is the reason that Jesus had to come and transform us in the first place. You know what else I've seen? It's, um, and this is crazy, but it's almost like people want to create the most exciting story possible. So they, they wish that they had been worse than they were. Like they create this awful version of themselves to make what God did seem even bigger and more powerful. It's like they rewrite their stories as if they have to make it more exciting or believable, like they need to make it more powerful than it actually was. Here's a reminder, and it's super important. Our stories are not our own. They are God's stories about what he has done, about his glory, 
How dare we make it smaller than it actually is, or rewrite it, or think that he, what he did needs to be amped up, or made better, or made to be more powerful than it was. Our story is powerful, and all the best parts of God are right there in our story. Our story is perfect because it's a story about how we died, how we left ourselves and our sin behind, and how we're now hidden in Christ. Baptism tells about who we are and whose we are. It's a symbol of who we belong to. Baptism tells of Jesus, and so do our stories. Through what God has done in our lives, people will see his greatness. They'll see actual, real-life accounts of what scripture says is true. If we don't share the truth about where we were, how broken we were, then they won't get the chance to see the full, clear picture of the power and goodness of God. They won't see the full transformation of what God did in our lives, and they won't get the truth behind the fact that every single one of us is forgiven and redeemed and reconciled to him. So if you were sinning, sinning, lost, broken, addicted, proud, selfish, abusive, it needs to be shared. We need to get vulnerable and tell people the part of our story that not only builds trust, but also gives the full beauty of God's actions in our life. Telling the full story of where you were will give people the gift of hearing where God met you. So next, Paul tells about what happened when he met Jesus. After asking who was speaking to him, the voice responded, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. And in that moment, in that flash of light, everything became clear to Paul. The resurrection, the deepening of the conviction he was feeling, the truth about himself and his sin. And with that clarity, Paul received commissioning from Christ himself. He was to be Christ's servant, his witness. He's told to go and tell about the truth of Christ. And it's because Paul told that story that many people came to know Jesus and were saved. This may be Paul's conversion story, but the calling in it ours as well. Remember Acts 1-8, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, starting right here in Canal Fold. This isn't just for Paul, it's for all of us. We're all called to tell our stories, to spread truth to the ends of the earth, all of us have at least one story where Jesus met us in a significant moment. And in that moment, when we suddenly understood things, we were overwhelmed with the truth of God, just like Paul was. And telling this part of our story allows others to understand that Jesus meets us right where we are. Like Paul, our stories show that Jesus is for all of us. 
Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, young, or old, they see the forgiveness of sins that's available to everyone. Transformation that's available to every person. Us sharing our stories of what God has done in our lives shows the reality of who Jesus is and what he is doing right now. It shows others what is available to them. The impact of telling someone how it happened is much more significant than simply telling them that Jesus forgives and that they should repent and believe. Our stories help people find a genuine way into relationship with Jesus and experience their own redemption story. Paul was immediately changed in that moment. He immediately began sharing his story in Damascus, which was very surprising to the people in Damascus. They were expecting one Paul to show up, and they got a completely different Paul. Paul preached his message to both Jews and Gentiles, in synagogues, on streets, in prisons, and in courtrooms, which is what he's doing in this passage. And because he did, many decided to repent and believe. So where is he now? Paul ends his story with a summary of his work and good news. In verse 20, he says, I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God, and prove they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for and they tried to kill me, but God has protected me right up to this present time so I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. While sharing the good news, he had been arrested. People tried to kill him. Many were angry and against him, but God was true to his promise. God protected him, kept him alive in order to tell the story and to share the gospel. Paul not only shared his story multiple times, you can read about it at least three times in the New Testament, um, he also urged others to do the same thing. In 2 Corinthians 3, verses 2 and 3, he says, the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written on our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the results of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It's carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. In the time when this was written, letters meant so much to the church. Written words and testimonies were being sent from place to place to instruct and encourage and bring people together. And what was written in letters makes up most of the New Testament. So what's found in these letters, which 2 Corinthians is, is important. And Paul wrote in this book that your story is important. It's meant to be shared so that others can see the work of God in you and they can in turn, begin to see the work of God in themselves. We all have our own stories written on our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and those stories.
can have an incredible impact on the people around us. But only if we're telling them. We, can make, we can't make excuses as to why our story is unimportant or not good enough or something that God can't use. God meets us where we are in order to change us and bring us back to him. He heals us, he saves us, he transforms us. But he will also use that transformation to transform other people. But I hope you heal here right now and believe today is that those reasons that we avoid telling our stories, those reasons that we believe are true, are actually lies from Satan. There is no doubt that God wants us to tell our stories and that through them, the kingdom of heaven will come. And that is why Satan wants us to keep our stories hidden. Your story is authentically and uniquely the story that God has for you. And because you died and are hidden in Christ, you have many stories to tell because he continues meeting you right where you are and transforming you. And those moments are certainly yours to experience, but they're everyone's to hear. Your story is yours, but you must share it so it can change others. When you share about what you've experienced, something that you saw God do, it's not a debate. It's not pushy. It's not fake. It doesn't look like some kind of religious propaganda because it's your story. It's something you experienced and you're telling it from your heart. Very rarely will people argue with you about your story. They'll actually engage and ask questions and they'll want to know more. So let me tell you what happened after the stories were shared at our discipleship meeting a few weeks ago. First of all, we couldn't stop talking about them. We all wanted to know more about each other's stories. But then, in the weeks ahead, each of us encountered someone who needed to know and hear an example of when God was strong, when we were weak. That he is good. That he's faithful beyond recognition. That he provides what we need. And because we heard those stories that night, we had them to tell. And I realized after that night that I had never heard most of those stories before. I know that had I asked, they would have told me the stories, but I had never asked. But as I look out in the room right now, I know that there are significant stories. Stories that could change this community. If all of us would boldly start sharing our stories, this little channel would change. And I know this because I've had the privilege of hearing some of your stories. Significant stories that saved marriages, where marriages were falling apart in the worst possible way, but God saved them. Where a miracle of help came to be because of an answered prayer where God saw someone through something that was so utterly impossible. 
and on the other side of that something. The situation was so beautiful that it could have only been possible with God. All of our stories together make up God's story. All of our stories together are what will usher in the kingdom of heaven right here to Knapple. Our story is God's story. But I, what I want you to understand is that my story is your story. That all of our stories belong to each other. That Wanda's story is our story. And Jamie's story is our story. And Sarah's story is our story. And Brian's story is our story. It's all of our experiences together that make up God's whole story of his restoring everything in this broken world. Romans 10, 14 says, But how can they know, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? We don't start telling our stories. How will they know? How will they believe unless we tell them? In a moment, we will be taking communion. But first, I just want to pause for a moment. I want to give you some space to reflect on what God's been saying to you this morning. Maybe he's reminded you of a story. Or maybe he wants to remind you of a story. So I'd love to just give you some time to be with him, listen, and reflect. That night he took the bread at the table. 
with his disciples, and he broke it. And he said that this bread represented his body that would be broken for them and for us. That we should take and eat and remember. Then he poured out the wine and he said, this represents my blood that will be spilled for you and us to make a new covenant, a new promise where we live in him forever. And he told them to take and drink and remember. You could have chosen so many other ways to spread the good news of Jesus, and yet you chose us. Never stop blowing our minds that in Christ we are new creations. Help us remember what our lives were like before you. Help embolden us to share those stories and change other people's lives. Lord, it's just what you do every single day for us. We are so grateful and we love you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. So our transformation often begins with <coughs> And that moment uh, we make the decision to make Jesus Lord over everything. And that moment we die to this world This decision changes everything. And I can tell you the day that I went into the water, I came out a completely different person. That doesn't mean that I had everything figured out, that I was a mature Christ follower immediately, making no mistakes ever. No, that's not true. What it does mean is that the things of this world that had me weighed down, the worries that I had, that was based on nothing that mattered. And the brokenness I was in because of who I had become, all of that was gone. And that was because in that moment, he made me a new person. And I got to live not in the world, but in him. So if you are ready to make that decision, if you or a loved one has been thinking about considering baptism, we will have that love if you would come and talk to either Drew or myself after service today, because we would love to take that next step with you. I have one quick reminder before we leave. Our new um, May print sheet is available on the table in the back. It has everything listed that is happening here at River Street Campbell in May, so you'll want to pick one up and put it on your phone. You have it available so you know what's coming up. I really do hope that you'll spend some time remembering your stories this week. And that remembering those stories leads you to share one. And that sharing that story will allow someone to know Jesus. I appreciate it, and I'll see you next week right here again at 10 a.m. <laughs>